According to her own bio, Mary Panza has been a mainstay on the Albany poetry scene since 1988. She's been witness to countless open mics, naked poets, fires, drunks, chapbooks, career changes, organizations, both coming and going, festivals, and great poetry and spoken word. Mary hosted two long-running open mics, five years at Borders in the late 90s, and Poets Speak Loud at Lark Tavern and then McGeary's for 15 years until the pandemic hit in 2020. Last December, Mary read her poem, We're Barefoot People, at the first Year in Review spoken word event at the Linda. She asked me how to walk in high heels. We don't, I told her. We are barefoot people. The summer I was 13 is a blur to me now. I had mono and can remember going to sleep in early July, waking up for some orange juice and going back to sleep till the middle of August. I can remember for be, being tired for weeks, but wanting to go outside and show off my 30 pound weight loss to the kids on my block. Hindsight being 2020, I should have stayed on the couch with my mother close by. We should have watched what Erica Kane was up to on that particular day. We should have talked about what was really happening around us. Mom and I should have had an exit strategy that didn't involve Valium or Carlo Rossi. We should have done a lot of things we didn't do. He was sick of me being sick. He thought it was a ploy to get out of having a job. The man who called, my, called himself my father was a bastard. He comes to me in the form of saltines and milk. It was a depression era dessert. My daughter loves saltines. She tells me they're pretty good with milk. I spit between my index and middle finger. It's a gesture taught to me by a book. He may be blind to her in hell, but he still manages to get a dig in at me. He was a bastard. My daughter is outside in the summer. She swims and plays and has as much fun as a 13-year-old thinks is cool. She plays tennis. She is tall and smart and proud. I pray she never has to fall asleep to escape, only to wake up and still be tired. We don't wear high heels. We are barefoot people. I had mono when I was 13. And it kind of, during COVID, it just kind of reminded me of that, like, that summer where I couldn't go anywhere and I don't remember much of it. You know, all these memories kept coming back of, like, I, I remember waking up, like, in July to get a glass of orange juice and just going back to bed. And during the day... I, I would lay on the couch and my mother would sit in her chair and we'd watch soap operas and I would have to like get into my bed before my father got home. Cause he was convinced I was faking it. So I didn't have to get a summer job. No, I was 13 and I had already been working since I was 10 or 11 babysitting. And I, I mean, I had mono, you know, it was, it was clear. I went to the doctor I was on antibiotics. He wasn't a good person and he didn't want me. And it just, all of that kind of, because I came so much later in their lives, um, he just didn't want me. He didn't want to start over. He didn't want a family. He certainly didn't want 
a girl. I don't know that my life would have been easier had I been born a boy. I don't think so because my brother had it pretty tough with him. I just, I think he was done. And that's kind of what it's about. And when, during the summers, we would, you know, because I was on 4th Street in South Troy, between Madison and the canal, we just walk around barefoot. Like we were all, you know, the neighbor, the neighbors and all the kids my age, we just, we'd run around barefoot. And, you know, that summer, I, I really couldn't be barefoot. I asked Mary when she started telling stories and putting pen to paper. When I was little, Nana Panza lived with us for a short amount of time. We'd play hide and seek and Nana wouldn't look for me. And it was usually, you know, she was smarter than anyone gave her credit for. And it was usually during the edge of night, which was her soap opera. So when I was little, I used to draw stick people soap operas. To this day, I still watch Young and the Restless. I mean, I, I grew up on, on stories, if you will. And so I would draw these little stick figures in these little scenarios, nothing dirty. I was a kid. But then I could change the story. And it was really just between me and myself. And I would draw these pictures and then I would put them in a certain order. And then if it was a different day and it was a different story, I'd, I'd move the order. So, yeah. Um, I didn't really start writing poetry till um, I was much older. After writing poetry for a while, Mary decided to share her work at a local open mic. But back in 1988, there was only one game in town, the legendary QE2 open mic hosted by Tom Nattel. I got up to the mic and there was feedback. And Tom Nattel adjusted the mic and I just said, look, if you don't want me up here, you can say so. And everyone started laughing. And when I heard, when I heard them laugh, I'm like, oh, these are, they get it. These are my people. This was at the QE2 and it was uh, summer of 1988. I mean, I can remember everybody distinctly. Then afterwards I got applause and I, I loved that. And it, it just made me feel valued and that somebody heard what I was saying. Although I was, it was drivel and nonsense. People heard it. I guess to me at that time, it wasn't drivel and nonsense. Why did you keep coming back? I just liked how, I, I, this is going to sound crazy, me saying this about the QE2, but I liked the way it smelled. It was raw and it was dirty and there was no pretense behind it. And you didn't really have to behave and you could say what you want. And, you know, I just... I felt like I found a home and I was young and had to prove myself. I mean, there were people at those open mics getting master's degree and doctor doctrines and, you know, way more educated than I ever planned on being. A theme that runs through most of Mary's poetry is empowerment, standing up for yourself as a woman and a mother. So I asked Mary if she considers herself a feminist poet. And I was always under the impression that feminism was you had the right, you had the freedom to choose and you could choose whatever. And I would never tell another woman, you're doing it wrong. You need to choose for yourself. And that's what feminism should be, should be like you, you have the breathing room. Not that I 
wanted to like run out and have kids because that you know wasn't in my plan till it happened but it was just I don't believe in putting somebody else down for their life choices right and that's what I felt like it was and that there wasn't that that wasn't who I I I just don't I've never been much I've never been one to really judge how another person lives their life and makes them happy as long as you're not hurting anybody I really don't care she was well on her way to living the rest of her life as a party girl when, at age 37, the party really began and she became a mother. How did that affect her writing? I don't talk about, like, sex or men as much. Protective over Julia and her privacy. And, you know, that's why I haven't really even written a lot about my blog, because right now I'm so engrossed in her life you know, she's 16. I'm trying to, we're trying to get ready for college and stuff like that. So most of the stories I have to tell involve her and I haven't told them because she's still young and she's got the right to that privacy. And for me to tell a story about my experience with her interferes with her privacy. So uh, the original question is how has my writing changed? I think I'm a little more protective and I'm I'm telling my backstory more because for years I didn't. It just wasn't anybody's business and I wasn't ready to do it. After 150 years of therapy, I can talk about these things and not have a nervous breakdown. Mary Panza is currently vice president of the Hudson Valley Writers Guild and she'll be hosting the 2022 edition of the Year in Review event at the Linda on Central Avenue in Albany on Saturday, December 17th. For Hudson Mohawk Magazine, I'm Tom Francis.